I'd like to take a moment to thank my mom for listening to every episode. Now, my mom is the real reason you're listening to this show right now, but the sponsors have a little something to do with it as well. So I'd like to thank our sponsors too. Clio, Scorpion, TimeSolve, Alert Communications. As the largest legal-only call center in the U.S., Alert Communications helps law firms and legal marketing agencies with new client intake. Alert captures and responds to all leads 24-7, 365 as an extension of your firm in both Spanish and English. Alert uses proven intake methods, customizing responses as needed, which earns the trust of clients and improves client retention. To find out how Alert can help your law office, call 866-827-5568 or visit alertcommunications.com slash LTN. It's the Legal Toolkit with Jared Correa. With guest Jamie Field, a round of three answers. And with vaccines rolling out and people re-entering the world like bleary-eyed children, Jared's here to remind you what you should and should not lick. But first, your host, Jared Correa. Yes, the Legal Toolkit podcast is happening right now. I'm your host, Jared Korea. Steve Harvey was unavailable, so you're stuck with me again. I'm the CEO of Red Cave Law Firm Consulting, a business management consulting service for attorneys. Find us online at www.redcavelegal.com. I'm the COO of Gideon Software, Inc. We build chatbots so law firms can convert more leads. You can find out more about Gideon at www.gideon.legal. Before we get to our interview today with Jamie Field of The Rainmaker, I wanted to talk about whatever the hell happened to in-person networking. Right up until February 2020, law firm partners were cruising right along, making it rain, just like Fat Joe. Then the coronavirus pandemic happened. You remember the coronavirus pandemic? It's the piss in your Cheerios, the shit in your shit burger, and it's still happening. Yes, I'm as sick of talking about it as you are, but the pandemic was a heat check for attorneys whose traditional business management tactics basically didn't stand up to the test. Lawyers have tried to respond, of course, because attorneys only act to change what they do in response to a crisis. Man, I'll tell you, you should have seen the dinosaur lawyers scurrying around getting virtual office space when that asteroid hit the Yucatan Peninsula. That was some crazy shit. The truth is that lawyers have always placed an over-reliance on in-person networking when it comes to marketing. And within that sphere, there's been a similar indulgence on networking with other attorneys. Of course, if your strategy is in-person networking during a pandemic, when nobody wants to be any closer than six feet from you, it makes things kind of difficult. But then focusing solely on in-person networking with other attorneys was a failed strategy to begin with because it ignored other viable marketing outlets. And because other lawyers are a dangerous source of referrals since they have what I like to call the nuclear option. Lawyers can always blow up a referral that would have otherwise gone to you by taking it for themselves. A plumber can't do that. But even an attorney who is ostensibly focused on another complementary practice area can pull that same trick. So rather than bemoaning the fact that in-person networking opportunities are few and far between these days and sitting on your hands, view this for what it is, a chance to try something different to experiment with marketing tactics you never would have tried otherwise. Well, like what, you may ask? Well, here's a smattering. Online networking. Your BNI group no longer meets at the coffee shop 
down the street at 7 a.m. You just jump on a Zoom call. That's great. Everything's online now. It's not limited by geography. Start doing those things. That's basically the closest you can get to what you were doing before. Try online presentations with networking components. CLEs are still going on. Conferences are still happening online. Local groups like Chambers of Commerce, Rotary Clubs, YMCAs, they're all doing stuff. Local libraries. Jump in on some of those things. And don't just attend, actually make some presentations. Social media and Slack groups are blowing up. Moms groups are going crazy right now in local communities. And right now, my biggest marketing gripe is that I'm not a mom. I feel like I'd be cleaning up in the moms groups. There are still community activities happening. School board, Little League. You can coach the Little League team. You can be part of the school board. They're meeting online. There's plenty of marketing opportunities and plenty of marketing opportunities outside the traditional law firm scope, which is other lawyers. Getting involved in community, getting those community referrals can be really helpful, especially for a local law firm with a single office. Now, while I'm certain that in-person networking will come back, this is definitely a time to expand your horizons until it does, rather than, you know, twiddling your thumbs. Besides, there's no rule that you need other people in close proximity to have a cocktail party. To paraphrase the great Brad Paisley, when life gives you limes, make margaritas. Now, don't go anywhere because we're about to bring on our guest, Jamie Field of The Rainmaker. Jamie and I are going to talk about getting that paper, making it rain. That's next. But first, let's take a moment to listen to the Clio Legal Trends Report Minute. It's a fact. Solo law firms stand to benefit from technology adoption 35% more than larger law firms. This is based on data that shows how key technology solutions for lawyers helped solo practitioners earn $50,000 more than other firms on a per-lawyer basis. I'm Joshua Lennon, Lawyer-in-Residence at Clio. In today's world, technologies like online payments, client portals, and client intake software help lawyers deliver the types of online services that have become essential to legal practice. But while solo law firms tend to benefit the most, we've also seen that they've been slower to adopt these types of cloud technologies that today's clients look for. To learn more about the unique advantages that solo attorneys have over other law firms and much more for free, download Clio's Legal Trends Report for solo law firms at clio.com forward slash solo. That's Clio spelled C-L-I-O. Okay, it's about time to get to the marshmallow buried under all that peep dust. Let's interview our guest. My guest today is Jamie Field who is the president and chief rainmaker of The Rainmaker. Jamie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jared. Nice now, to see you or speak to you or both. Virtually, <laughs> virtually. as always, right? We did a similar thing 10 years ago at this point, which is crazy. That was our last podcast together, right? On the show. Yeah, it was. It's, God, it's too long. It's way yeah. too long. I will remedy that next time around. And um, this one promises to be even better than the last one. Well, you didn't know what you were doing back then. So I'm hoping you know, know what you're know doing what I'm today. Doing. No, no. <laughs> I'm still a total hack. <laughs> so <laughs> don't be surprised whatever direction this thing goes. I usually start off with kind of like an icebreaker question. And you've got a great one. Your first job out of law school was working for the Jackson family, right? That is correct. That's wild. Can you tell me a little bit about that? When I graduated from law school, I wanted to be in the entertainment industry. 
and I actually wanted to go in-house. I happened to meet the chairman of the board for Jackson Communications, Inc., which was a brand new startup company that was owned by the Jackson family. And there were five people who were actually doing work in New Jersey. So would you say you were the Jackson Five? <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, I had to. no, you'd you'd have to actually put a you'd have to actually put a an apostrophe on that. The Jacksons five. We were owned by them, yes. <laughs> but go on, I didn't mean to interrupt. It's okay. I just saw my opportunity and went for it. <laughs> so it was supposed to be an entertainment conglomerate owned by the Jacksons, all eleven family members, and those members who were not actually making money doing entertainment that was everybody but Michael Janet and Latoya were going to be involved in actually building and running this company. Unfortunately, well, there's a lot of stuff that goes in between, but unfortunately- uh, A lot of stuff happening in the Jackson story itself, and this is just a small part of it. This could go for the entire podcast, and right, maybe right. one day we'll I, do I, that. I won't make you do that, but. <laughs> and maybe one day we'll do that talking, but, you know. Yes, uh, we'll have a special episode. Is, yeah, but this is actually where I learned how to get into marketing and business development because they didn't have a lot of in-house legal work for me to do at the time. Mm. And they said, you know, we could really use somebody to do marketing and business development for and public relations and all of that kind of stuff. For the company, would you please do it? And of course, my response in my head, because they were paying me very nicely, but in my head was, I didn't go to law school to be in marketing and business development. (laughs) Oh, not that I haven't heard that particular excuse for the past 20 years that I've actually been doing the rainmaking training and coaching. Like I was just like you. (laughs) I was just like you. I said the exact same thing. And it turned out that I actually liked doing it. I learned how to do it. This is pre-internet, so I actually had to go to a library. What's that? And a bookstore. (laughs) (laughs) And I still have, you know, the books all on my uh, bookshelves that I had from back then. I should really get rid of them. They're very dated. (laughs) (laughs) So you're essentially self-taught marketing coming right out of law school. Yep. I was self-taught. And because I am also an information junkie and love to learn, I'm continually learning every single day what I don't know in the industry, including Mm. in the legal industry and in marketing business development across every industry. Because I think that when you focus just on one industry, it becomes very insular and everybody does the same thing. Right. And that's one of the big problems in the legal industry. The very simple fact is, you know, we have an industry that is that always says change is good. You go first. (laughs) Right. No, it's totally true. So for those lawyers that do have an interest in marketing or could be convinced that they might have an interest in marketing, how do you kind of do for them what you did for yourself? So how does an associate become a great rainmaker? What does that look like? Well, the first and foremost thing is that they have to know that it's imperative for them to do so. We are no longer Mm. in a society where you can be the finder, minder, grinder mentality Prior to the first recession that most of these people have been through, in fact, you know, I was just reading and yesterday. You, would you mind just talking about what that means? I'm not sure everybody listening would know oh, what I that apologize. means. No, no, I'm, just, I'm, I'm guessing, but I think people may not. In big law and mid-sized law, usually they have, when you come in as an associate, you literally are grinding. You're grinding out all of the 
legal papers. You're doing the briefs. You're writing all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. The minder in a law firm was always the manager, but he wasn't going out and actually bringing in new business. And then the mm -hmm. finder is the rainmaker. And it's a mentality that has been in, particularly in big and mid-market law for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I thought back in 2008, when we had our great recession, that that had to stop because it was the first time we learned that the legal industry versus any other industry wasn't recession-proof. And there were so many people who lost jobs. The people right. who kept the jobs were the people who could either bring in business or had the ability to bring in business. That's a good segue. I don't want to touch on this right now. Necessarily, I want you to do some more conversation on like how somebody becomes a great rainmaker. But like speaking of shitty things that happened, right? We're talking about the recession. <laughs> now we've got a pandemic. All good stuff, right? So like when we get to it, like I'm interested to hear your thoughts on how that's affected rainmaking. Because a lot of what lawyers have traditionally done is in-person networking, right? Mm -hmm. And it's very hard to get in-person networking opportunities these days, to say the least. There was a study done at the beginning of the pandemic. And I think the number, please don't quote me on this, but I think the number was 55% of business developers, legal business developers, and I'm talking about lawyers, right. didn't know what to do with themselves in terms of business <laughs> development because they couldn't go out. Yeah, that number actually seems low to me. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll have to check the numbers and, and it could be higher than that, but 55% are seriously- That's still a significant number of people who are just like, what happens next? Right. Do you, you think there'd be a plan B? At some well, point. And, and therein lies the thing, you know, many lawyers have a tough time pivoting in terms of because they're so used to doing things a certain way. Yeah. And so one of the things that I got very involved in with my clients was teaching them, and this was prior to the pandemic, how to do it virtually as well as in person, networking, right. business development, marketing themselves, et cetera. And this has been since before the pandemic. We have been in a virtual world for a very long time. If you don't have a good virtual presence, then people are not going to hire you because they want to they want to look you up, even if they're referred to you. They want to look you up and see yeah. what you're all about. So I think I think this is a good point you're making. Like it wasn't just because there was a pandemic that you had to start thinking about two track marketing. This was best practices going way back, right? Probably since 1992, when we first started getting the internet, would have been a good idea to start. But right. really, that would have been but, a great time to start right, for sure. But really, but really, in the early 2000s and the late, well, I would say even the late 1990s, one of my last jobs before I started my company was director of marketing for a uh, dot bomb for an internet dot bomb because <laughs> the thing exploded. I mean, really, when everybody else did. We're we're exploring tragic circumstances of modern history here. Let's <laughs> so talk about something else that was terrible. Let's talk about something. Let's talk about something happy, like the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> so that didn't work out. <laughs> but it but it doesn't sound like you've had to change your strategy at least all that much because you were on top of this well before any of this went down. Yes and no. Because I wasn't a big fan of, and I'm still not a huge fan of being on camera in general. So yeah. I would do all of my individual coaching. And I've, I've had clients from all over the country since I started my business. I would do it via telephone. Mm -hmm. 
And it's a lot more difficult. I have found that, oh my God, this is so much easier and so much more effective to teach via virtual means, whether it's, you know, meet, Zoom, Teams. Oh, whatever. interesting. So you like this better then? I really do. I hmm. really, really do. And the main reason why is because I can then give control to my client and literally walk them through what they need to do so they remember how to do it. Right. That's helpful. Yeah. yeah, it's great. It really is. And we can go through different things. And plus, I like seeing people's faces. And before I wasn't seeing their faces. Yeah, which is important now because nobody gets to see anybody's face in person anymore, really. Well, um, but we've also become, we've also become, I want to say, a world that, listen, there are people I would never have met had it not been for the pandemic. Right. I think that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. I never would have met because of the networking that I've been doing myself, because of the people that I've been introduced to, and because of some of the organizations that I joined to network, because I'm still networking all the time. I yeah. still have to try to find business every single day. And some of this is instructive for attorneys, right? Because if you're doing that stuff and it's working for you, it's a call for them to be doing similar things that will work for them. You know, well, yeah, that is true. But I'm also sometimes I'm uh, do as I say, not as I do, because I can oh. I can sometimes be a bad. Me too. You know, <laughs> I can sometimes I can sometimes be a bad procrastinator on things. <laughs> but on a really nice note, and I will tell you this, every single one of my clients always knows because I'm truthful with them. Listen, you shouldn't be doing what I'm not doing. <laughs> you yeah, be yeah, doing no. what I <laughs> I'm in the same boat as far as that's concerned, for sure. One thing that I think is really interesting that you've kept up for a long time now, going back 10 years probably, is these rainmaking tips you release on your blog on a recurring basis. So do you have a, a favorite current tip? And how has that changed since the pandemic hit? Do you find that you're giving different advice now or tweaking what you've done before? You know, there's nothing really too new under the sun with the exception that I think lawyers really have to learn to do two things that many of them struggle with. One of them is listening as opposed to hearing. <laughs> right. Because, oh, that's a good point. Yes. Because we can't see them face to face, even on a Zoom screen or, and I'm sorry to be using that as a brand. There's a ton of these places you can do this stuff. Um, <laughs> it's very difficult. Even when you can watch somebody, it's still difficult to read their body language or their facial because it's still on a screen. Right. But when you're in person with somebody, it's a lot easier. And so being able to listen, being able to listen for inflections in voice, being able to listen for anything. Look, empathy is a really overused, buzzed word since the pandemic started. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, it's a truism. You've got to learn to put yourself in your client's shoes. They're struggling just as much as you are. And you're struggling. So you should be able to understand this. Yes. Another thing that lawyers find hard to admit, right? When they're yeah. struggling. <laughs> and it's funny because the last rainmaking recommendation I wrote um, was in honor of well-being in law week. Which is this week, I think, the week yes. of recording. It won't be when it's live, but it's, it's no. this week. Yeah, it, May is Mental Health Month in the United States, and the first week, the third through the seventh, was or is, depending on when you're re watching this, I mean, hearing this, was Wellbeing in Law Week, and yep. there's actually a website, uh, lawyerwellbeing.com. 
com, I believe. It could be .net. Don't quote me. I don't have it in front of me. Everybody can Google, I think. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> Google it. Well-being in law and lawyer well-being. Um, and it's a fantastic program because I've been through the situational depressions in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine what it would be like to be somebody who's dealing with a recurring depression on a regular basis yep. and practicing in a very hard profession like law. Law has always been a problem with this. And we're getting way right. off topic, but empathy. That's, that's what we do here. That's all right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Listen, be empathetic. All right. Listen, be empathetic, and then be consistent. Constantly do what you need to do. And it doesn't have to take a long period of time. I teach my clients how to do rainmaking in 15 minutes a day when they don't have any other time to spend. Right. You know, but 15 minutes a day adds up. If you think about it, 15 minutes a day by the end of the week is more than an hour. And most attorneys don't put that much time in to their rainmaking activities. Right. Except the rainmakers. (laughs) Right. On a nice note, golf is back, apparently. I'm not a golfer. Golf is back. Yes, I see people golfing everywhere now. So if lawyers are doing the golfing thing for rainmaking, that is a good thing. But (laughs) I will say this to other lawyers who don't golf, including myself. I do not do not like the game of golf. I like going to a driving range and beating the shit out of a ball. But I do not like (laughs) but I do not like the short game. I have absolutely no patience for it. I'm terrible at golf. I once shanked a ball so bad I hit a cow in a. (gasps) adjoining pasture no you didn't you're lying i almost killed this thing it was like it really bellowed i struck it pretty hard remind me remind me one day when we're not on a podcast to tell you about cow tipping when i was in camp i think we're gonna have to do another show where we talk about cow tipping so i got i got one more question for you which we'll end this segment on which is so lockdowns are coming off society is going to open up again maybe not like it was before but it's going to be open again what do you think the future of rainmaking looks like? Much like the past, or should people be anticipating changes as we move forward over like the next six months, 12 months? You know, it's going to change because I believe that many clients are not going to want to have to pay their attorneys to come and visit them. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of stories out there that basically say, this is just as good in a lot of ways for a quick visit with your clients. Now, unless law firms aren't charging for those visits, great. But, you know, we both I know. I see that happening. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Wait, law firms not charging? Wait a second. Right. <laughs> and I also think that a lot of, I think that a lot of business people are not going to want to have to spend half a day with the attorneys when they can spend yeah. an hour on a virtual network with them. Yep. So I think that's going to be one of the changes. The rest of it is really going to be finding a hybrid in terms of the actual rainmaking and marketing and networking. It's going to be a hybrid of virtual and in person. Look, I am chomping at the bit more than anybody else's to go back out and be in person. Mm-hmm. I was telling you earlier before we started that yesterday I went to my very first restaurant for dinner. Yeah. And it was it's been like 18 months, right? It's been a while. 18 months. And yeah. it was, and I got to tell you, it was, it was one of the best experiences, like going to a restaurant for the very first time in my entire life. <laughs> it felt like, yeah. but it was so nice to be out and it was so nice to feel a little bit more normalized. We will never be normal. This will never go away, unfortunately, but we can like, it's going to be like the flu. We're going to have to be, you know, vigilant for the rest of our lives about catching this or not catching this. So 
Well, on that note, um, <laughs> we get all the bad stuff. Um, Hi, I'm Jamie, Debbie thank Downer. You. Thank you. <laughs> you can stick around, right, Jamie? I can stick around. All right. So that was uh, Jamie Field of The Rainmaker. But we're not finished with Jamie yet. As I said, she'll be back in a moment. We'll take one final sponsor break so you can hear more about what our sponsors can do for your law firm. Then stay tuned for the rump roast. It's even more supple than the roast beast. Imagine billing day being the happiest day of the month instead of the day you dread. Nobody went to law school because they love drafting invoices for clients and chasing overdue bills. At TimeSolve, our attorneys have the tools to achieve a 97% collection rate. That means more revenue for the same work and turning billing day into happy day. Learn more about how to get to your time and billing happy place at timesolve.com. Now more than ever, an effective marketing strategy is one of the most important things your law firm can have, and Scorpion can help. With nearly 20 years of experience serving the legal industry, Scorpion has proven methods to help you get the high-value cases you deserve. Join thousands of attorneys across the country who have turned to Scorpion for effective marketing and technology solutions. For a better way to grow your practice, visit scorpionlegal.com. Welcome back to the rear end of the legal toolkit, the rump roast. It's a grab bag of short form topics of my choosing. Jamie really likes this, as you can hear. Uh, today, we're going to play Three Answers, which is a new spin on our traditional game, Three Questions, in which I list three people or items and three descriptions, and our guests have to match them up. In Three Answers, you're basically looking at a three-question multiple-choice setup. I'll ask a question, and our guest will have to choose the right answer from the list. These questions are all about marketing. I feel like you're going to crush this, Jamie. <laughs> but are you ready to play? I'm ready to play. I right. I don't know why I'm nervous. <laughs> Everybody gets nervous on this. You're actually less nervous than a lot of people are. <laughs> you haven't thrown up yet, so that's close. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I'm waiting till after we finish. <laughs> all right, you ready for question one? In the series finale of Mad Men, a spoiler alert, everybody, for a show that ended six years ago, the series protagonist, Don Draper, is deep in meditation when he comes up with an iconic ad campaign. Which ad campaign is it? I'll give you three choices. Nope. Don't even give me three right. choices. Hit me. I'd like to teach the uh, one world for one. to sing <laughs> in perfect <laughs> harmony. The Coca-Cola Hilltop ad. Right. And by the way, that is the only episode I ever watched. Really? Of Mad I love Men. Mad Men. I think it's a great no, show. It just, I just never got into it. So I get it. I get it. I was hoping that like there was some buzz on the internet that the finale was going to be Don Draper was going to be, uh, uh, the name's escape. Oh, D.B. Cooper, the uh, air hijacker. That, that would have been, really been cool. Yeah. Oh. What are you going to do? When we get our series order from AMC, we can do something different. Perfect. Uh, all right. Number two, let's, you may not even need choices for this one. Let's say recently Volkswagen launched an ad campaign in which the company said it was changing its name for real, but it was only an April Fool's joke and people got really mad. What was Volkswagen going to change its name to? I'll need the choices on that one because okay. I just read the story, but I don't remember. You'll probably remember right away. Okay. Number one, the Volkswagen with an F. Number two. Hitler wagon. Number three, Volkswagen. Like Volts. I'm sorry. Did you actually say number two? I mean, the answer is number three, but why yes. would you say number two? <laughs> I gave you an easy one there. They were probably not going to go with that. <laughs> You're two for two. 
All right. Okay. Three. In 1996, McDonald's, hoping to appeal to its adult customers, launched a new sandwich. But it turned out that adults going to McDonald's just wanted some fucking chicken nuggets. And the new offering failed spectacularly. What was that sandwich called? I'll take the choices. I know it, but I, I'll take the choices. I, bet, you, I, I bet you'll know it when you hear it. Yeah. One, the Arch Deluxe. Two, the Golden Arch. Three, the Double Down. It was the Arch Deluxe. Wow, three for three. Very impressive. And and the funniest part about the Arch Deluxe was I actually thought it was a good concept, but nobody wants to actually assemble their fast food. So Yeah, that's right. You had to like put it together, right? Wasn't there like one half and one side of the thing and right. the other half and the other and you kind of right. smushed it together? Well, they were trying to make it so that the lettuce didn't get warm and the burger stayed hot and so you could put it together. <laughs> but People want their fast food fast. And if I have to put it together, forget it. It's not fast food anymore. <laughs> I should even like though the it took what, Even though it took, what, three seconds to put them together? Yeah, it was a spectacular failure. All right, Jamie, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. You were great. A good sport, as always. And uh, let's make this less than 10 years in between shows next time. Okay, so how about in the next 10 minutes we do another one? Sure, I'm game. Evan, <laughs> how do you feel about that? All right. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. We've come to the end of another episode of the Legal Toolkit. Uh, if you're listening in Apocalypse Peaks, Antarctica, I know you're out there. Our Spotify playlist for this week's show features songs about talking. So listen up, because you've got to have the gift of gab to network like a beast. Our guest today has been Jamie Field of The Rainmaker. For more information about Jamie, go to the-rain-maker.com. Unfortunately, we've run out of time, so I'm not going to be able to get into my licking guide to 2021, but you can just email me for the ebook. Actually, don't. Now, that'll do it for another episode of Legal Toolkit Podcast, where we're now only showering once a week in order to save the rainforest while continuing to cleanse our nether regions daily with a damp cloth. Thanks. See you next time. You're right over there, Jamie. We talk about anything on this show. Oh, my God. <laughs>